and we're live. Welcome to episode 5 of Tectonic Shift with me, Rashni Kabat. And I'm Roshni Nair. So, Roshni, your 1960 laptop is okay, but what about you? I know you were traveling quite a bit. Why are you ragging on my laptop? <laughs> I got it fixed over a week ago. I'm asking how you are, not your laptop. Oh, okay, sorry. I'm just very defensive about my baby. Fixes <laughs> my laptop. I am I am not fine. I am down with uh, a bit of chest congestion and a bad cough. Uh, other than that, functioning. Uh-oh. What about you, Rajni? I'm feeling a little bit low and I have data to back it up, which is my smart ring. It's called the Aura Ring. Uh-huh. My readiness is in the late 60s. What the hell is readiness? Basically, it kind of gives me a lot of data on my sleep. So, if your readiness score is above 100, then it basically means that you're full of energy and you can take the day on head on. But if your score is between 70 and 80, so so. But you know, I'm just like a health data nerd, I think. I basically wear three variables. I wear a watch, I wear a fitness band and I wear a ring. Okay, and what do you do? What do you do with all this information? I let it tell me if I'm okay or not. (laughs) Of course, we are talking about wearables because today's episode is about health tech, not just wearables, but health tech uh, when it comes to both hardware and software. Of course, AI makes a prominent appearance here, but... A lot has been happening in the health tech space and over the span of, I think, seven to ten days, um, we've seen exclusives about Google and Apple. Uh, So the Wall Street Journal had an exclusive story about Google and Microsoft, you know, forever rivals in the AI space, now jostling to get ahead when it comes to AI automated chatbots, you know, for healthcare or Mostly, I would say medical assistance, a glorified WebMD, where you ask a chatbot a question and it generates responses. Um, and Google's model is called MedCom2. Uh, I have no idea what Microsoft's is called. I just know that it's based on OpenAI's GPT-4 language model. And the just is that Microsoft and Google are uh, already piloting their projects. Google is working with Mayo Clinic in the US and other hospitals. And Microsoft has partnered with a health software company called Epic. And both of them want to launch tools, especially in underserved regions or countries that have limited access to doctors. So, you know, depending on where you are or what your circumstances, health tech can mean different things, right? For some, health tech is access to healthcare. For some, it's access to funds for healthcare. For some, it's hardware that has a lot of sensors that's able to capture a lot of data that may be useful for a medical health practitioner. In a lot of other cases, it's the deployment of cloud for healthcare and life sciences. In some cases, it's electronic health records. And in many other cases, predictive AI, right? So health tech is a very, very big subject. Uh, Today, as you rightly mentioned, we're specifically focusing about Apple, Google, Amazon, or Microsoft, Big Tech, and their approaches to healthcare, right? Coming to Apple, Rajneel, 100% sure you must have read uh, the Bloomberg piece about the AirPods Pro 2 and where it may be headed. I did read Mark Gurman's piece on the AirPods. I'm currently wearing one. So what Mark Gurman basically says is, the AirPod is now going to have sensors, which is able to track your body temperature. And it can also be a hearing aid which gives Apple access to a completely new industry and a very lucrative industry at that. But Apple, I think, has a very unique approach to uh, our social health tech, right? Don't you think so? 
Yeah, so uh, the thing about these big four, Apple, Amazon, Microsoft and Google is that they all have very distinct approaches. Uh, like you rightly pointed out, Apple is essentially capitalizing on its core competency, which is hardware and services. Um, Google does have a very slim variables play. I mean, not slim journey, but a basic variables play and nothing compa- compared to Apple at all. But it's pretty obvious that for Google, it's all about AI and cloud and what I would call info health informatics. That seems to be Amazon's approach as well. Although Amazon is also capitalizing on its logistics network because it's acquired a whole bunch of primary care slash, you know, online pharmacy uh, businesses in the US. And Microsoft is AI and cloud as well. So all of them doing very distinct, um, different things. Interestingly, the least buzziest uh, of the of the four, which is Microsoft, has been in the health tech space for the longest. I think it's earliest, uh, you know, here's a fun fact uh, for those of you who are born after 1999. Back in 1999, Microsoft had acquired, I think, more than a 25% stake in WebMD. Oh, really? Yep, yep. That was back in the day. I didn't know that. Um, that went kaput uh, later, yeah. But Microsoft has been now, it's what, 20, 25 years almost. It's been trying to do stuff in the health tech space. So, you know, one of the other things with Microsoft is, unlike Amazon, Google, and Apple, Microsoft hasn't actually ventured into the wearable spaces yet, right? Even Amazon did have a wearable, which was supposed to be a subscription service to give you vitals. Uh, Google bought Fitbit, and I think they realized that to achieve the larger vision in the healthcare space, they need a wearable because they need sensors to gather all the data. So even though they had Wear OS for a very long time, uh, Google for the first time actually launched the Pixel Watch as well, which was a collaboration with Fitbit. So when you think of all these things, I think uh, three of these companies are looking at a combination of hardware and software. Of course, there's a cloud element to Microsoft, uh, Google and Amazon that doesn't exist so far for Apple. But it seems like a lot of them, a lot of the efforts are overlapping in some way. And it's also reaching Indian shores. Right. So India is, uh, you know, you know, the thing about the glorified WebMDs, which I love uh, calling them that. But the um, AI, you know, the AI AI assistance when it comes to basic medical Q&A. Um, I see use cases for like, you know, medical chatbots in places where, you know, you can't always consult a physician, you can't always go to a clinic and you can't pick up the phone and talk to a doctor. I definitely see use cases for that in countries like India with a doctor to patient uh, or just a GP to patient ratio is not great. And But there are other examples, Rajneel, when we were like just chatting about this topic. Uh, casually uh, before this, you mentioned like hospitals, like, you know, huge hospital chains like Narayana Health and Shankar Netrale and all these guys working with big tech companies. So, yeah. So Narayana Healthcare, which was uh, founded by Dr. Devi Shetty, was working with Microsoft. They've written about it on their blog as well to basically streamline their entire operations processes and data gathering to get real-time analytics and predictive healthcare information in real time. I had actually seen the system a couple of years back and I was extremely blown away because on an iPad, you could literally see, you can see what is the, I mean, for an operation that was going on, what were the consumables? Let's say you're using gloves or what are some of the material and equipment that you're using for the operation, right? It could be medicines, it could be drip, all of that. But it was quite mind-blowing for me to, to watch on an iPad 
टू नो इन दैट लेवल ऑफ डिटेल ए डॉक्टर इन ए हॉस्पिटल समवेयर यूजिंग व्हाट एट दैट टाइम वो लॉट ऑफ बैक एंड प्रोसेस मैनेजमेंट इन्वेंट्री मैनेजमेंट और एटलीस्ट ट्रैकिंग सीम्स टू बी द फोकस जो but it also like i mean if you are a executive running a healthcare chain you are able to know the real time health of your business right uh, i mean the hospital as a business you are able to learn real time what it is and a lot of hospitals now are adopting this uh barana of course has also gone on to work with aws after that uh shankar netralaya and advin daikes for example also worked with google to use ai for diagnosing diabetic retinopathy i am going to go on a slight tangent here because this isn't a big, big tech innovation but it also underlines my point about uh, why healthcare specialists are also doing great work in its in the space and you don't need a big tech company to do it so aims delhi has created a technology that uses our ai to detect oral cancer in the early stages uh, they nice. themselves have developed it so um you're seeing a lot of ai uh, you know a lot of ai hap- hiring happening by healthcare life sciences and big pharma companies and as well in fact when the tech layoffs were uh, wreaking havoc everywhere a lot of health tech majors and adjacent right they were ramping up machine learning ai specialists hiring to like nobody's business you you, you know it's it's good that indian hospitals or organizations outside of big tech are looking at how to ramp up their skills and capabilities in ai for use but to me i think there are some things that big tech is able to do better than the others for one big tech is able to bring the convergence in software and hardware when the apple watch launched for example it was i mean apple launched it not knowing what exactly the use case would be and then over time they realized that it's great for our uh, fitness and health care they i mean every time you look at the watch os updates you're seeing updates to the health app and the fitness app so good integration of hardware and software the ability to embed sensors which is able to get a lot of information is very tankage of example number of steps for example you can also do ecg on a watch right that's one the second thing is i think these guys have so much of capital to be able to invest in this not just for the short term but also for the long term another area that i feel strongly about is because 8 months or 9 months back when i was in hospital for a surgery for a good night i mean for a good couple of hours maybe for a five hours i just sat at the reception because there was no room and bed available the consumer experience of healthcare is really broken and companies that have been entrenched in the industry haven't been solving for this so these companies are making the that the end user experience very very good which traditional hospitals or healthcare companies haven't actually ventured into and given the amount of cloud data they have the processing power that they have it's easy for big tech to be able to do this i am complete with, uh, completely with you uh, when it comes to you know healthcare in general being broken as far as you know the user quote and quote user experience or customer experience goes i mean lord knows just having to check into a hospital and then get uh get discharged is a very very painful process and i think there is there is an argument to be made for seamlessness you know better data sharing between different verticals uh within a hospital different teams you know if somebody can make that process a lot less painful i definitely see the case but other than the fact that you know you have that and uh if if you have chatbots that will help you with very basic health queries or something i get that too one minute you want you want chatbots to help you with queries already people are like google doctors 
chatbots are not the most accurate and not- <laughs> no no so Come i on. definitely those are risk flags when i said basic queries i meant stuff like um what do i say okay and do can i take a cross in um twice a day for example i'm just a hypothetical scenario okay i know that's a dangerous question to ask because of course you we look back to the fact that w- what data has the model been trained on is it trained on enough indian data and stuff like that but when i say ba- basic queries yeah you and i have uh, go- p- queried google search and we are automatically redirected to web md that is what i mean i can see that happening but again do i think it is indispensable no uh do i also think that big tech what big tech is doing right now is indispensable especially when it comes to wearables definitely not and my problem with wearables is that it is not healthcare it is wellness and it is fitness and wellness and there is a there's a huge asterisk there and a lot of studies that i would love to someday dive into about how inaccurate apple's wearable data is <laughs> Well, really cracks me. Um, I was speaking to somebody who works on the Apple healthcare team and they've done a lot of research to find parity between the readings on the watch and with other medical devices that are there. I've usually, I mean, as I said, I wear a, a Apple watch and a fitness band. Both of them can't be wrong. Like when I'm doing my HIIT workouts, I'm constantly checking is my heart rate there and more or less it's the same reading. So I think the algos tend to give uh or what are algos they've designed are similar and they give you fairly good metrics right i've not seen an issue there one of the things google has done in india is it's partnered with apollo hospitals and they've mapped out health panels so every time you go and search for malaria or you go and search for some of the diseases it will give you what are the symptoms what is the care that needs to be taken um uh, so that's something india has done again only because we have a tendency to become a google certified doctor so this is to ensure that you're getting verified and uh, vetted medical information and you're not misdiagnosing them you know then you get into your psychosomatic other things right so google's problems are entirely on another they they are in they occupy a universe of their own um but coming to wearables the reason i i have serious issues with wearables and i'm going to talk about apple here because apple pretty much dominates this category and has been making a lot more breakthroughs than the uh, than google which uh, i mean virtually non existent let's face it when it comes to the fitbit now um i'm i'm just going to cite two studies here and two studies putting to what apple has really been wanting to crack the first thing is i think back in 2020 2021 when the whole world was still reeling for covid the apple watch 6 had uh, a blood oxygen uh, it had an app or something that could measure blood oxygen saturation and what happened was you know there were some scientists from germany from an institute called the leipzig heart center um and the department of pediatric cardiology they found that the you know apple watch 6 measurements as far as blood oxygen goes were not even remotely to up to par with you know the pulse oximeter which all of us were using uh, there was a washington post writer who also said that his apple watch was beeping false positives for emphysema when he did not have the condition um Apple has also been trying to its credit it's not given up it's been trying for many years to crack blood pressure monitoring which is very tricky to do um uh, and whatever it has tried has not worked so far so you've had a an American Heart Association study that was published which said that uh not just Apple 532 wristband wearable devices 
were tested and none of them, not a single one, were validated or proven accurate to international standards for blood pressure monitoring. And I, I mean, this is a very tough thing to crack. Correct, but blood, I don't think the Apple Watch does blood pressure monitoring yet. I know they want to do blood sugar. No, so they're definitely, they've been trying to do it. Uh, my point is that they want to do it. My point, again, my, uh, yet another point, why do you want to keep doing it? You don't have a great track record. Uh, when it came to our parents and grandparents, those those really lumbering BP devices are still accurate and they do the job pretty well. So what are you trying to disrupt there? I genuinely don't understand. One of the one of the, one of the nicest things I read was this doctor's column in Forbes where I, I think he was just exasperated with, you know, the media hype about big tech disrupting healthcare. And he he relayed this thing about Tim Cook where on an earnings call or something, he said something to the effect of, um, you know, people have been calling me and thanking me because they could call 911 using their Apple Watch. And the doctor writes, okay, what after that? What after they call 911? Because everything that happens thereafter, right from the even when it whether it comes to a life-saving situation or no uh it's all in the hands of actual you know it requires literal medical expertise and apple is just a launch pad to even if you look at it in a business sense okay what then big deal i could call 911 from my watch yeah but understand variables are not meant to detect problems in you uh, detect problems that you may have like at best it's only meant to tell you what symptoms you may be facing. You know, you know, my problem with big tech is that you are they seem to be retrofitting their business models into healthcare. And the problem with healthcare is everything is slow and steady. You cannot move fast and break things, which Silicon Valley loves doing. And I don't really think has they made is are we seeing cases where an actual difference has been made? And I do think I like the example of Google and Shankar Netrale because for me it's an example of good intentions being very very far removed from ground reality and but before I go there before I go on the negative slant I want to ask you like is there is there anything game changing that you've actually seen when it comes to health tech by big tech yeah I just think in in, in a lot of ways just bringing health into the mainstream conversation making people aware and conscious of it really helps if I take my own personal example, I was the perfect couch potato till 2020. I suddenly, the Apple Watch, you know, it has these three rings, which is uh, stand, workout, and uh, uh, calories burnt, right? I used to try, I mean, for the first five years of me wearing an Apple Watch, those rings would never close. And then suddenly, I don't know what happened in 2020, I became extremely conscious and those rings started closing. It really made me conscious about fitness. It actually brought me into health. I had a continuous workout streak of about 835 days, I think. I broke that streak the day I got married. Uh, couldn't work out on that day. <laughs> uh, I get a great kick out of looking at my cardio. Uh, it's, it's called cardio health. But I get extremely happy looking at it because I feel like, okay, I'm at least making an attempt to be healthy. I may not be completely fit. I don't have the physique I may want, but at least I'm healthy. It's, it's a start somewhere. Right. I, I get the use case, but I, I think Google tried its best. Unfortunately, the, it was doing good pioneering research in the Verily Life Sciences Unit, which had a whole raft of layoffs recently. But when it comes to diabetic retinopathy, I, you know, 
and we we spoke you know we had a very touch and go conversation about this but google um has developed an ai tool uh, and the gist is that it can detect it can uh, scan a, a retina image and detect diabetic retinopathy and dr um, as i'm going to call it now is a big issue especially in countries like india which has a very high incidence of diabetes and dr if not treated can make a person go blind so i understand google wanting to automate this whole very painful process uh, which otherwise can take over a month right from the time you consult an ophthalmologist and you get the checkups you get the tests and by the time it's a di- you know you get a confirmed diagnosis so many weeks have passed and google's whole fund now was that well what if you had um, you know an ai tool that could detect dr with at a high accuracy rate and you could get a result in maybe a few minutes right in a clinic great that you know so that uh, when i say that making a difference actually mean cases like this the problem is that uh, what happened was that the ai tool was trained on high quality high fidelity retina scans and in 2020 i remember you know there was this mit technology review story that actually said that despite its high accuracy it was you know google claimed a 90% accuracy rate for its di ai to a dr oh, wow. ai tool and but the problem was that you know in 11 clinics in thailand they deployed it and they realized that people are not happy because uh, because the you know the model is trained on high quality images but in real life real life is very different you know when the nurses and you know health clerks and jo clinic mein baithte hain they are not going to take the best quality images and the ai just could not detect that and what happened was there ended up being false negatives and uh, sometimes it would just reject the images and patients and nurses would have to go through the whole rigmarole again and blah blah and i'm not saying that i'm not dismissing it altogether i see that as a good example of what big tech can do but i also see this as a cautionary example of i mean data is we have a data problem man the quality of data the formatting of data nothing is uniform in the real world you know nobody is going to click the best images how what you feed ai is what it spits out that is it yeah if steve jobs was still around he would have possibly said if it's not working properly it's probably because i'm not using it right <laughs> yeah and see but that that's the thing of but, x-rays changed the x-ray that's the thing about india uh, right uh, nobody uh, when it comes to especially primary care nothing is perfect and whatever you are solving for needs to solve for that context nothing is ever perfect on ground nothing yeah but when you think of it right it's you know, why is it that a lot of these companies want to operate in india when you think about india right We're 1.4 billion people. We're a tropical country. The kind of cases you see, the diseases that we have, that's prevalent in the country, uh, the data that we have, it's just a lot, right? A lot of companies want to come here, gather this data. Uh, actually, uh, think about this. Why is it that a lot of think tanks and a lot of research organizations in the field of healthcare want to operate in India? because of kind of data we're getting in them we will get in no other country at all forget china right china won't let you take that data out anywhere where else can you go for this india africa india is one country you are able to if you have your permissions and everything sorted then it's like i mean we have multiple countries in one country when you just look at a population right it's a lot easier to 
be able to do this. And irrespective of how healthcare is, private healthcare at least, there is, given that they're embracing technology in a big way, the data now is a lot more structured, a lot more organized to be able to access. And India still doesn't have a data law. So accessing this data is a lot easier allows big tech to train all their algorithms on Indian data. And- yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, all, that's also the most worrying thing about big tech's role in health tech is precisely because Google and Amazon have had data privacy violations in the past. Google had something called Project Nightingale where it gathered like, you know, the personal health data on millions of Americans and did so in a very shady way. And it was supposed to get US FDA clearance or wanted to rather and it did not. So data privacy is very much a lumbering concern. It's the elephant in the room, to be honest. And, you know, other than data privacy also, though, is big tech, is technology the solution for everything? In my opinion, it's definitely not the solution when it comes to healthcare. Big tech is not really solving for what we need on ground. It is just solving for how to make more money and how to make more revenue with its core businesses. As usual, I have a slightly different take. I don't think tech will dictate where healthcare or health tech will go, but what it's going to do is bring everything together. It's basically going to act like an integrator, making hardware, bringing software, bringing different players on your device, right? Between Apple and Google, I think that chance is actually Uh real. And with this, we come to the end of another episode of Tectonic Shift. But you know, this podcast wouldn't be possible if we didn't have support. Our producers, Sharburi and Manaswini, our editorial advisor, Venkat. Uh, on the sound editing, we have Manas and Nirvan, Purvika on the artwork, and BMG for the sound. If you like Tectonic Shift, please don't forget to rate and review us on any podcast platform that you're listening this to on. Sheds with your friends and family. If you want to read more about business and technology, please subscribe to The Signal at www.thesignal.co. Did he just, did he just say www instead of www? A lot of people say that. What? Yeah. <laughs> it is. Okay. Anyway. Sorry. Um, Sorry. Please do follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and now threads at thesignal.co. Thanks for listening. Have a good week ahead. Bye, everybody.